Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the WrestleWolf podcast. Uh, we've had a little rest the last couple of weeks and now we're back and energised and delighted to be a part of the Amaze Sports Podcast Network. I'm Damien Gibson. And I'm Paulie T. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Paulie T and Damien on Twitter at Mr. Damien Gibson. And uh, yeah, man, we're still recovering from an epic AEW pay-per-view event from yesterday that was Double or Nothing where do we start? Well, man, that show, that show, <laughs> that show was long. <laughs> and it was, um, yeah, it was, look, it was long, but it was. I don't think it was too long, though. No, I don't. I think you want you. I enjoy looking forward to a show that long, once, maybe twice a year. Definitely not twice a year, one night after the other. No. Oh, I see what you're talking about. That's a WrestleMania reference. Um, is Double or Nothing the big pay-per-view now? It seems like it is. Yeah, that's my feel. I I, I, I wasn't sure if uh, it was possibly Revolution uh, a little while back, but I've got, I'm now settled. I reckon Double or Nothing is their kind of end-of-year spectacular. Yeah, and it's moving to it's moving to the MGM Grand, right, like to a bigger – I uh, weren't aware. Stadium. I wasn't aware of that. No, no. I think that's what Tony was saying in that press conference last night. Although, if I reference anything from Tony's media scrum uh, from yesterday, and I get it wrong, one, we have a correction segment, and we'll correct it next week. But two, please excuse me because I was watching it at one forty-five in the morning. So, um, oh, you, st- you kept watching, did you? Yeah, I kept. I kept watching. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Uh, but I was falling asleep and waking up, so I only saw bits and pieces. Jericho was talking about Japan at one point, and I was like, what? Jericho's going to Japan? I fell asleep again. So this is not reliable <laughs> information. But I think Tony said something about going to an even bigger uh, arena next next year, but don't don't quote me on that. But the, the name itself, Double or Nothing, sort of gets across to me that it's, the big show. Well, uh, arguably, all of their all of their main events have uh, names somewhat significant. Of a you know, this is the biggest show. You know, it's all out. We're going all out towards the That's revolution. <laughs> uh, although <laughs> full true. gear, so I don't know. That one's a bit weird. Yeah, full gear, whatever. <laughs> that's the um, that's the Survivor series of. <laughs> AW's pay-per-views. Yeah. Although I always loved Survivor Series growing up, but um it was super long, but what a, a fantastic spectacle of uh a variety of wrestling styles all in one event. Mm. I was very impressed. Very yeah, impressed. and I, I think uh, one thing to bear in mind, um, not that we like to address the haters much, and I'm not talking about Jamie, um, is uh there were no, you know, for all the people who come at me on on Twitter, there were there were no big surprise debuts really. I mean, there was one, but um, it wasn't 
all the things that AEW is accused of leaning on, which is, you know, bringing WWE people across and having big debuts and stuff. It was everyone who had been in storylines for a long time having the blow-off matches for those feuds on a big stage. Yeah, and and for to the for the most part, um, the the lead up work uh, led to a um, very satisfying outcome, and uh, the the in ring presentation just really stunned me. And from quite at quite a few t- moments throughout the evening, I was I was super impressed. Um, one 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 of the events that was one of the, sorry one of the um, one of the uh, matches on the card that was thrown together just at the last minute, I reckon it's probably arguably the best the best one. That was Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen. Mm. Far out. Yeah, I love that match. <laughs> we will, uh, the format of our show, for those who are, are new, um, we have a quick chat, then there's some news, corrections if there are any, and there aren't at the moment because we're perfect, and then we go through our best, worst, and wait-and-see moments. Uh, of the week in AEW wrestling, and that's what we'll be doing this week and concentrating on Double or Nothing because really the Dynamite and Rampage before that pale into insignificance when it comes to the hugeness of this pay-per-view that we watched uh, yesterday. Um, I-, I just want to bring up a couple of other things just real quick before we get into the the meat and potatoes of the pay-per-view is how much certain things have improved around AEW. You talk about the presentation. I think even just things like the stage presentation in the actual arenas has improved a thousand percent. The um, buy-in, not necessarily the buy-in, but the um, the video, pack- the, the road to AEW um, video packages that have been put on YouTube and fight and stuff. That the production levels on that are world class now. Like they are, they're on the same level as New Japan and 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 almost at the same level as WWE. We all know that WWE does that stuff superbly. That's one of the things that they are very very good at. You bet. I think AEW are, if not within reach of them, at the same level as WWE now. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, uh, there there have been times in uh, their earlier days when there were issues with production, there for sure. Um, and uh, it was getting a bit awkward there at times. Come on, sort that shit out. And they've sorted that shit out. Yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, it's funny how you barrack for little things like that where you just want the presentation to be A-grade and, you know, because you're proud of the thing that you like and you want everybody else to like it as well. But I... That was really noticeable. That the the video packages they did for Ruby Soho in particular was one that I that I was really impressed with. Um, there was one for Thunder Rosa as well that I was really impressed with. And um, you know, I, I'm probably still a bit old school that I don't watch a lot of that content on YouTube and and, and stuff. I probably should, seeing I host a AEW podcast, but um, I only saw little bits and pieces. But it obviously gets across to a lot of people. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people, so. Um, when the content is that good visually, it makes a huge difference because people, you know, just even they're not even conscious that they're making the decision. They see how good it is and go, oh, this is a professional organization. I feel safe in their hands, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be managed well. It's going to be organized. It's going to be um, top quality. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. We're, we're not having any exploding death matches. <laughs> On this pay-per-view. Sorry to bring it up. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. I'm actually like I it has such a soft spot in my heart. I'm I'm so close to buying the the t-shirt for that pay-per-view. It's not funny. Just as a really nice little piece of AW history that if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, that's cool. <laughs> uh should we get into some news before Let's we get into it. the the rundown? Um so I feel like this kind of came and went a little bit, considering how long this guy's been in the in in wrestling. But Johnny Elite, also known as Johnny Mundo, uh, John Morrison in in WWE, uh, had a match on Dynamite. Was it this week, Paul, or the week before? Uh, I think it was earlier than that. Actually, he um, he wrestled uh, Small Joe. Yeah, and. Was that- was it this? I feel like I think it might have been the last dynamite, right? No, no. The um, oh, God. if it wasn't, it was definitely the week before. It's been <laughs> relatively recent. 
Uh, I wish we had have talked about this earlier. No, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't matter. The point of the story is that he seems to be sticking around. From the presentation of that match, it seemed like it might have been a one and done and then off to impact kind of thing. But um, he had a match uh, this week against uh, Mark Quinn from uh, Private Party, and um, which he won on on Dark. So yeah, is that is that something that we think will be broadcast next week, or was it earlier this week? Um, couldn't I think tell. it was on the Dark that was aired, that aired this week, just before Double or Nothing. Ah, okay. I'll is check this that um, on the YouTube's? Where do you see Johnny Elite if he if he does stick around? Is there anywhere in that roster at the moment where he can slot in? Dude, I find it hard to imagine where anyone can fit in in this overly stacked, overloaded roster that they've got. Hmm. It's like <laughs> you, you want you want a big dude who can flip over the ropes. Yeah, we've got four of those. You want <laughs> you know you yeah, want someone no, right. who can do technical wrestling for forty five minutes. Yeah, we've got seven of those. Like it's just. Hmm. Have you heard of a little guy called <laughs> Brian Danielson? Chat <laughs> hmm? chat. Uh, I really like him. I was a big fan. Were you a fan of Lucha Underground? I have not seen any Lucha Underground. Oh, man, I'm, it's so good. It's I'm sure so I would good. Like it, um, because you would love it. I have, like, I hate to be that guy. I was like, oh, my God, you'd love this thing. But you would. <laughs> you would absolutely love it. You, you love mixing wrestling. And the presentation of it is so different compared to anything else I've seen. Like, it's essentially all cinematic matches to a point. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. So it's a show about a wrestling promotion. It's not a wrestling yeah. promotion that makes shows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Robert Rodriguez, the director, Hollywood director, was a producer on it. And so it's got great production values for something that was kind of small. Um, yeah. And John Morrison was the the champ in there for, for quite a while uh, and just had some fantastic matches and, and just really showed that he was, again, not utilized to his full potential in WWE. Um. So if we can see some of that in in AEW, I'd I'd love to, but not at the expense of like a Ricky Starks or a Darby Allen or even a Dante Martin or you know. Yeah. Well, uh you and I know that um he is touring. He's gonna to be touring uh very close to our good selves pretty soon. Unfortunately, we haven't secured a ticket yet, but we'll see if we can. Um, yeah, if anyone's listening and uh, has some media passes for a couple of hotshot podcasters who are now on a network, uh, you can um, get in contact with us on Twitter. <laughs> We're already selling out. We're completely shilling ourselves now for free stuff. So, uh, so, uh, so we know that... Um, we know that uh, Tony's already established a, a, a fairly comfortable pattern with, with with some of the talent where they're they're able to go away and do independent stuff and yeah. come back, and so I'm sure that'll be he'll be in and out. Yeah, I was going to raise that point. I mean, I think that as much as these conversations are interesting to have on podcasts and and to have with mates and stuff, it's all we almost have to sort of re shape our thinking about the way signings happen in AEW because they are not the same as WWE. When you assign the WWE, that's it. Um, just because John Morrison is on AEW doesn't mean that he can't show up in New Japan in two months and then impact on the same week and then go to AAA. And, um, so, yeah, maybe maybe my questioning was a, a bit... Um, Catastrophes, like I had a touch of catastrophizing about it. <laughs> but yeah, I just can't. I think it's an interesting thought experiment to think of where, where he would fit. Maybe it, maybe a TNT um, title run at some point, but there's a lot of people ahead of him oh, yeah. before that. Maybe yeah. Ring of Honor when we get this Ring of Honor show that we're meant to be getting eventually. When is this weekly show going to happen? I don't know. I was watching Best of the Super Juniors this week and. Uh, they talked about in, uh, New Japan Strong having a huge announcement after Forbidden Door, um, which I can only imagine is either another pay-per-view, another New Japan AEW pay-per-view, or a TV deal. Um, I just wonder if something's going to happen there with AEW, maybe a cross-promotion TV show like Ring of Honor and New Japan Strong. Oh, controversial. Hmm. Just wishful thinking. 
Uh, the other news story we've got here is on the back of, uh, spoiler alert, CM Punk winning the uh, heavyweight championship at, at double or nothing last night. What? Uh, whoops, sorry, guys, but, you know, I'm a, a straight shooting podcast guy now. I thought uh, he was a Ring of Honor champion. He, he has been. Oh, no, I thought, of, no, no, hang on. No, 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 he was a WWE champion. He, he has won that championship oh, as well. Oh. He's the only three. <laughs> should we come up with a? He's the only triangle champion. <laughs> uh, and um, there was a heartwarming scene when FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler came out to celebrate uh, alongside the new world champion. Um, and they had the coolest t shirts I've ever seen in my life. Uh, essentially, had. Brett the Hitman Hart, and then their three faces uh, and the words uh, Sons of the Hitman on there. And it leads me to ask you, Paul, is this just three mates dicking around or are we about to see the greatest trios team in the history of wrestling steal (laughs) the belts from the House of Black once we finally get this trios division happening on AEW? Oh my God! Um, well, again, with the uh, the stacked nature of the overloaded nature of this roster, when you think of the trio combinations that are out there that are, that have actually been involved in matches, and then extend that to those that uh, are potential, uh, because they you know they do associate with each other, it just it, the, it's a massive um, uh, division. And God, what a, what an opportunity to um, set up some domination if you had. Excuse me. Um, you know these guys versus uh, the Blackpool Combat Club or mm. House of Black. I'm like wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the? Oh, of course, I'm gonna blank when I go. I go to splutter out someone's name. If, a death triangle. Yes. And again. Yeah. It is a really smart way to have six people in a match rather than four. So it seems like it's just a fait accompli that we will get it soon, right? But I feel like we've been saying this for 12 months and it still <laughs> still hasn't it arrived. It does feel like. You know, um, I remember not long ago thinking uh, that uh, watching a, a tag team match, uh, I found harder to sort of invest myself into because you had your your focus was spread among the the talent there out there so let's say mm. you were you know keen on the baby faces and you you wanted them to beat up the heels it was like oh well that guy and that guy but some something's happened and now Tony's booked these amazing trios matches like one you know, for example what we saw last night mm. where there was no problem. There was no problem with me. With, with, with for, the, I didn't have any concerns feeling like I was my, my focus was dissipated because there were too many people out there. In fact, there's more than a standard tag match. And I'm just going, oh, wow, this is brilliant. <laughs> I just suppose it's just because, um, you know, when you build up the, uh, the presence of both the teams so much so that it doesn't really matter who's actually on the offense. You just love to watch because they're so goddamn mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it, it's and you know, I mean, when you allow the 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 girls and boys to um, book their own matches, it makes a huge difference as well. You know, ninety eight percent for the good, sometimes for the not so good. But we'll um, we'll get <laughs> we'll get into that now. Um, dealer's choice, my friend. Pun pun uh, uh, intended. Which of the three cards in my deck would you like to choose first? Best, worst, or wait and see? <laughs> um, well, let's go for the uh, let's go for the wait and see. Cool. Yeah, we always start with that. Um, I'll go first. Um, so my wait and see is the TNT title picture. Um, I have been pretty honest about not enjoying <laughs> the Sammy Guevara Scorpio Sky. Um, feud I have although it's this weird thing though man because I have I have really come to to like Scorpio Sky in this feud so it's kind of done its job of putting Scorpio Sky over with me and especially Ethan Page as well but I want to see them go up against someone who isn't Sammy Guevara. I, I do like that Tony has long storylines. I love that he gives people the opportunity to to tell stories. I think that's the 
the key to AEW's success, that once a fan latches onto that, they're there for forever. Um, but just there was something about this particular angle where I just – Sammy Guevara has – Miz hate for me at the moment. I know most people don't agree with me on the Miz, but it's uh, you know X Pac hate, whatever you want to call it. And I I just think him and <laughs> I just think him and um, Tay Conti are oversaturated and need to go away. So I'm I'm just going to put a hold on the TNT title picture. I know we've got Dante, who you want to speak about in a sec, um, going up against Scorpio Sky on Wednesday. Um, I'm just really hoping for a top quality opponent for for scorpio whether that's a miro whether that's keith lee um swerve Swerve, yeah (laughs) uh you know um ricky starks there's numerous people darby allen's probably had his run but i would still enjoy that that feud um i mean we could just keep listing samoa joe uh you could keep listing people off um so i'm kind of relieved I, i even though I didn't hate the match last night and relieve the story's over and I'm looking forward to see what seeing what uh, what happens with it. So hopefully something enjoyable. Well, this one was your wait and see. Uh, it was actually um, my worst moment of the of the of the night. Uh, although, you know, from 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 a selection of pretty damn good options, uh, it was I found it very slow mm. and um, I didn't think it really was the right moment to justify the uh, the the debut for Paige Van Sant. Um, I don't know when is the right moment. Probably on a rampage. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Just it just I didn't capture me. I, I I kind of regretted not using that opportunity to go to the bathroom. You know, like. It yeah, was, yeah, uh, and then you know the last minute was kind of cool. It was, had a bit more, bit more pace to it, bit more action, um, and then then we actually had a resolution to the um, you know the, the the never again step. It was like, oh right, okay, so that's it. They're just not going to do it. All right, that surprised yeah. me. Sure, okay. It did surprise me slightly, but then when I thought about, it, I was like, well, Sam, I think that when Sammy comes back, they'll probably push him into the main event. Um, because he's a pillar and he's a great in-ring wrestler and he's got plenty of heat. So um, yeah. I think they'll probably do that. And Frankie Kazarian not being in the team t- TNT title picture, no offense to Frankie Kazarian. I know he's been a, 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 a very, very serviceable wrestler over a long period of time, but is anyone going to miss that? No. No. So it, it's a, you know, it, it was actually pretty well booked in that way. I think that it felt bigger you know, that stipulation that it actually really was. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Besides about a minute and a half of really good chain wrestling at the end there from Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara, it was, um, and Frankie as well, mm. uh, it was, uh, yeah, pretty dull, dull match. Uh, later on, we had Dante announcing his challenge um, in uh, in his, I've got a, there was a neat little interview that um, uh, Tony did, uh, Tony Shivani did with um, Scorpio and whoever else was there. I don't know, Ethan Page, um, and then and then they then Dante appeared from the side. So this stat of a hundred matches is that for Scorpio Sky in his last hundred matches he's lost every time. There's no, a no, 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 no. Okay, so this is what I <laughs> uh, I, I I looked this up because my memory told me that there was something weird going on and so I wanted to wanted to, to confirm it and uh, having seen Dante selected to be the next contender for the TNT title from for Scorpio against Scorpio <clears throat> uh, the first thing that you said uh, uh, when when it happened was that um, well this is just going to be a squash because um, it's in Scorpio's hometown and that's what Tony does. He he looks after the fans, like you know, in hometown hmm. and uh, heroes get a win, or they get their belt, or they you know they always put them over big time. And the biggest example of that ever was um, you know when when MJF was in Long Island. You know, it's just they just went nuts. Um, but which is completely the reverse of uh, of what would happen when you'd watch 
shows when in the, the the traveling circus that's the fed like when they go to the hometown of one of the wrestlers <laughs> yeah. they get squashed and all they get, they, they get buried it's insane and it's just like why would you do that their, their friends they, and family they, are here how do they make money i mean <laughs> seriously it's insane anyway so you're right um but then i thought well look Yes, this is likely to happen, and not not even likely. It's a hundred thousand percent going to happen. Hmm. But then I just casted my mind back to um, the last time we saw Dante do anything, um, or anything sort of uh, with a with a title involved, and that was when he uh, faced Adam Page for the world championship. And um, I don't, I don't remember at the time uh, where that came from either. Like, what? All of a sudden, you're going to face Dante Martin. I'm like, what? Okay. I mean, the match was fine, hmm. but um, uh, yeah, he lost that one too. And I thought he does a lot of losing um, whenever there's a whenever there's a championship involved. And so I, I went to cage match, and I looked on the first page because I just didn't want to go back later than the first, you know, the most recent 100 matches. Right. And uh, this is what I picked out from whenever there was a, um, a title or, a, um, you know, some other tournament or cup or some kind of significant, you know, uh, achievement involved in whatever the, whatever the match was, hmm. he's lost. So yeah, Feb- wow. February last year, uh, it was a uh, tag contender uh, battle royal. Uh, contendership battle royal. Yep, lost. Uh, May twenty one, he lost the TNT title. Uh, it, sorry, he lost the match when challenging Miro for the TNT title. Right. August twenty one, in a different uh, different promotion, Warrior Wrestling, he won- lost the uh, number one contendership scramble. So another battle royals title thing. November twenty one, another promotion tag title lost that. November twenty one, another promotion Wrestle Pro. Total uh, silver three way lost that. December twenty one diamond dime the dynamite diamond ring battle royal. Well, asterisk here. He did actually make it to the top two, but then the next week he lost to MJF. Uh, right. And then February this year he lost the uh, the face of the revolution qualifying match against uh, Hobbs. Uh, March this year he lost the uh, AEW tag contendership battle royal again. March this year, he lost against Page. May this year, he lost the Owen Hart tournament qualifying uh, uh, match. I can't remember who he was against. But anyway, whenever there's a a tournament or a belt or some other um, significant achievement involved, uh, he's lost. So I don't know what what the plan is here with his booking because he's he's never been – he's had a lot of opportunities Mm. and lost them all. Yeah, uh, maybe it's just that Paul Heyman idea of just having him in the title picture essentially makes him a top guy. Um, I think it's probably just his age, right? Like they think, well, he's got plenty of time, so he can, you know, he can job for the next couple of years. It's not going to hurt him too much because of the things he can do in the ring. And it is strange the same things happening in places like Warrior Wrestling and wrestle pro you know <laughs> it's strange that he's getting jobbed out there no offense to those promotions but um yeah yeah that's um, really interesting that's uh, actually genuinely really interesting <laughs> i wonder how long this will go on for and whether it's a long-term story like is this is this something tony's planning you know like will it become part of story you know like um, what was uh, what was Matt Cardona's name in the Fed? You know, it's just reminding me of how oh, he used to lose everything. Zack Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked Zack Ryder in WWE. Like, that's yeah, but I mean, it was a it was a tough time. Um, your wait and see is a very uh, sensitive subject. There's been a lot of people losing their absolute, absolutely losing their minds this week about this, and it's MJF. Wellity, 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 well, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take us, take us through the uh, the timeline of uh, of of a crazy little events that have happened over the last few days. Well, it's been uh, it's been a very interesting week for uh, 
Maxwell Jacob Freeman. So it all started on Saturday night where he no-showed a meet and greet, uh, wasn't picking up his phone, was spotted playing the slots at the Mandalay Bay, which is a new little wrinkle I didn't know about, a casino, uh, when the meet and greet was supposed to be happening. Um, that makes me think that it's a work. Anyway, uh, it then emerged that a flight out of Las Vegas to Newark had been booked in MJF's name. MJF did not board said flight and stayed in uh, Las Vegas. Throughout Sunday before Double or Nothing, AW took down and then put back hang up. On, hang pre- i got to just step in there. How much do you think in your wildest dream, well, not in your wildest dreams, it just at an educated guess wise, would it cost to book a private jet and then not turn up? Like what? Well, was it was it a private jet or was it like we don't? But I mean, yeah, <laughs> who who knows what's going on here? Uh, throughout Sunday, yeah. So uh, the uh, AW took down and then put back up previews of the match against Wardlow. Uh, the match did happen, obviously, um, and opened the show. MJF was squashed and stretched out, uh, stretched out. Um, leading to speculation he'd been written out of AEW, which uh, in the territories back in the day, or even in WWE, that's usually how you would do it. You would job someone out and really injure them kayfabe-wise. So, like, there's a story, there's a reason story-wise why they they don't show back up. Um, And, yeah, they're saying here that, like, that fueled speculation that he's been written out of AEW either permanently or at least until the situation has been resolved. Uh, after the show, it emerged that MJF showed up at the last minute to Double or Nothing, which, again, I didn't know that, um, while the buy-in was on air. So it <laughs> left straight after the match. Uh, whether Tony knew that was what was going to happen or not, I don't know, but I can only imagine the tight sphincters in the AW control room um, <laughs> when that, Jesus. Uh, in the post-show media scrum, Tony declined to comment on the situation, which I think is the professional thing to do. Uh, PW Insider then reported that MJF is not expected to be attending AEW shows for at least several weeks, possibly longer. This all stems from a contract dispute from a couple of months ago that seems to have developed into even more general unhappiness and conflict between Tony and uh, MJF. Uh, this situation did not start out as a work, but if both sides come to an agreement and make good with each other, uh, it could be turned into one. Um, the latest update from Fightful Select, and that was all via WrestleTalk as well, so thank you to those guys for, for that. I'd like to attribute um, people where we can. Uh, a sit-down meeting was planned for today, Tuesday, uh, Australia time, 8 p.m. Uh, US time. So that would have been this morning ish our mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. um and there's still really been no word out of that meeting i i can't imagine uh, i suppose no news is good news right uh yeah yeah um because then uh we we since it doesn't since since the news is not his contract's been terminated then his contract hasn't been terminated <laughs> potentially yeah. Uh, I'm just going to find something here that I... I could only imagine, while you're looking that up, I could only imagine that Tony would just release MJF. If they're sitting down to have a a discussion and they can't come to to terms on a contract, Tony has not struck me... I mean, you just got to look at the way that they dealt with the Cody situation. You know, I can't imagine it would be a situation where there'd be, uh, you know, pardon the pun, blood and guts all over the floor, mm, mm. you know, and dirty laundry being aired in public. I think it would just be a, a nice, simple statement saying Maxwell doesn't want to wrestle with us anymore, so we've agreed to terms and we wish him all the best in f- his future endeavours. I think yeah, that's yeah. probably what we'd see. Uh, okay, uh, so what was the name of the uh, event last night? Double or Nothing. Right. Um, this is uh, Maxwell Jacob Fried- Friedman's Facebook profile, uh, 15 hours ago, he updated his cover photo. Now, if I can find my camera. Uh, it just says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just can't <laughs> help but think this is a work. Now, look, I understand I said the same thing about Cody for months and then mm-hmm. he fucking debuted at WrestleMania and I look like 
the worst <laughs> uh, pundit. Although I did say that Brian Danielson was going to AEW and I did say that CM Punk would come out of retirement and wrestle for AEW. So, you know, two two from three in the last 12 months, pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. This when is you, say too- you said that they would, you really, 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 really wanted them to. No, I said that it would happen. <laughs> yes, look, my tone may have been completely exasperated and fanboy-ish. <laughs> I may have been saying it through pants. I think Daniel Bryan is leaving WWE. Um, I did. The, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like there's holes in this. But what your what's your your wait and see is just on with MJF. It's yeah. Well, um, there's all of that involved, um, and it's very much part of it. But when it comes to the actual performance in the ring um it was a uh crowd pleasing baby face gets his come up it's about against uh, uh, uh against the um oh not david hastick and get his confidence heel gets his come up <laughs> hmm. um by the uh, uh at, at the at the uh at the fist of the the, the baby face and um the baby face monster and everybody loves him. He's finally not unemployed, which is weird. Um, and <laughs> um, yeah. Wardlow's all elite, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And taking like 10 power bombs, uh, then that stretcher stuff, it's like, it just didn't feel, it just felt so completely off script of uh, out of any any storyline that we've seen from MJF in the past. I mean, I suppose you could say, well, aside from when Punk uh, beat him in the dog collar match, he's always come out on top. Like there's no, I can't think of any, any real sort of baby face victory against him. Hmm. Um, I'd, I'd have to really look back into um, into into the, the the early parts of the promotion. Cody, did he lose to Cody like in the first the face first or second pay per view or something? That was uh, yet another. I was t- saying to you this uh, this last night about this um, this shtick that he has about demanding that his opponents go through all these obstacles. Hmm. Um. Cody did it, yeah. So he's done it n- not only with Wardlow, Jericho, and Punk. Punk. He did it with Cody first. Did it with yeah. Cody as well. Hmm. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. It works on me, man. Like <laughs> I love it. Uh, it is definitely a wait and see. It's a wait and see for everyone, including Tony Khan, at the moment. What's what's happening with yeah. MJF? Unless it's some sort of brilliant uh, rouge to get everyone on Twitter talking about MJF and double or nothing, but, um, uh, you know, not bring the, not to bring the tone of the show down, but the, the MJF has been on the record about anxiety issues and all that sort of thing. It could be something to do with that. So I think before anyone, you know, not that we are doing this, but before anyone lays the boots in the MJF, if he does leave, um, you know, let's just wait. Let's just all wait until we get the facts before people start spouting off about <laughs> what's happening and what isn't but for my money like if he's unhappy and doesn't want to wrestle at aw then he should go and he has my blessing and if he wants to go off to the fed and try and make squillions of dollars go for it man but i think you're missing out on something pretty special give it a red hot go yeah yeah um let's uh let's go into your uh your uh worst uh selection for the event uh so yeah. we can end on a high note uh yeah and well, then we'll do best um my worst is jay cargill versus anna jay um i know that people uh including sir kayfabe the third member of the wrestle family <laughs> think that i've got it in for jay cargill i don't i but i defy anyone to watch this match especially in comparison to everything else that was on the roster uh, on the card last night and not tell me that this was pretty terrible professional wrestling. 
I mean, there were there were spots, there were gaps in spots that you could drive a car through. I, you know, I don't really like talking too much about in ring technique and and whether it's uh, executed correctly or not because I don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure if a wrestler was in the room, they would remind me of that. But when a couple of marks are just sitting on the couch, we can notice it. Um, I mean, admittedly, we watch more wrestling than we do hanging out with our respective partners. But, um, you know, <laughs> we do. That's not like, true. It's not true. Well, no, it's not true. Because um, Kelly has to watch it with me. Uh, it's It was just, it just moved so slowly. There, you know, there was attempt to chain, uh, there was attempt to chain wrestling that fell apart. Um, you know, people doing clotheslines that were, you know, literally a meter and a half above each other's heads and stuff. Um, I thought the arrival of um, I'm going to call her by a WWE name because I'm blanking on Athena. On Athena uh, debut of Athena was awesome, um, and I didn't mind the wrapping up of the of the match. Like I was like, oh, okay, well this is cool. Maybe there's going to be a women's trios happening as well. That's a cool development. But I thought the in ring match itself was so far behind everything else that was on the card that you know I was saying to you before we started recording Anna Jay needs to go off and and do some training either in a Japanese dojo or go out in the indies for a year two before she comes back and and is pushed as a main eventer because it's a little bit embarrassing these are the kind of matches that like fed bots will look at and go oh look at that um you know, and I don't like being this harsh, but you know we are critics, and so I'm critiquing, and this was pretty poor. Yeah, look, I have to agree, and and when I compare this match to other Jay Cargill matches, for example, when she was in the ring with uh, Ruby Soho, like there's one woman there who's incredibly. Uh, well uh, experienced and 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 is a really good worker and can move really well knows really good sense of timing and she just had to adjust her style so drastically to be able to job for jade basically uh, yeah. and it was really really awkward to watch because i know how capable ruby soho is but in this one that we saw last night, because Anna Jay is almost on par with a sort of lack of experience, um, it it really kind of felt like there were there were two ladders wrestling each other with you know <laughs> brooms strapped to the side of them, they were just <laughs> awkwardly swinging and leaning and so slow and awkward with the way that they moved. It was just. Oh my god, that's <laughs> such a good description of what was happening in the ring, and and I think Tony had a, a, I think Tony knew that it was a weak match because he had Johnny Hungy come down halfway through the match, you know he had Athena uh, appear at the end of the match, like they tried to do everything they could, they put all the bells and whistles on this match to to try and distract you from, you know don't look at the wrestling, look over here, <laughs> Johnny Hungy, you guys love him. Um, Look, I know that I know Jay Cargill's doing a lot of work with with Brian Danielson at the moment. Um, you know, they they put out stuff uh, on social medias during the week showing that, so that's great. But she's a she has a belt, <laughs> so yeah. you know it's a little Goldbergy here. No offense, I know you're a massive Goldberg man, but it is a little Goldbergy where he's learning on the job, and or he was learning on the job and. When you go and when you go and sign the best wrestlers in America to your organization and let them be that, and then also have this match on the card, it exposes the girls as well. Like it's not necessarily their fault; they're at the level that they're at. They can't change that. They can't get better any quicker than than what their training allows them to to get to. So, I just it's just not a match that. I, I don't know, man. I, I just think you need to take the belt off. I understand the arguments for keeping the belt on Jade. Me personally, I would be taking it off her um, and and just trying to lift up the women's division a little bit before we start, you know, um, putting belts on people because of the way that they look. Well, but anyway. Let's leave this segment with a touch of a high note and say 
how about we look at it this way and think of this really positive opportunity that we have coming up sometime soon, hopefully in the next month or two, when we can go, wow, that was her breakthrough match. Yeah. She's done it. Yeah, that will definitely happen. It just, you know, I, I, I'm just saying I kind of felt a bit sorry for them, you know, because I'm sure they, they're they self-aware enough to know that that wasn't anywhere near to the standard that we, we expect from an AEW show. So, um, But anyway, they'll both get better and, you know, they're both – like they're both cool. I like them. I don't hate them or anything. But anyway, speaking of positives, let's end on a positive and talk about our best. Would you like to go first, or do you want me to? Yeah, you bet. Uh, look, I've uh, said this many times before, so no surprises there. I'm a big Thunder Rosa fan, and uh, certainly no reason why I will not continue that after last night because she was in. Uh, well, I could say arguably the best match about a lot of matches that happened in last night's card, but this was definitely um, up up there at the top. Uh, these two, both both Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, there, there, it was it was a real beautiful display of um, two two competitors who have had so much time. Possibly, you know, and maybe quite probably together, but even if they weren't practicing together or working together for a while, they've just been able to have their their um, their brain tuned in so well that they know how to react to a moment and to a position and to a place on the ring and where your mm. where your opponent is and how to turn how to tumble how to transition from a certain move to another move and it, it was just so fluid and really super superb and really enjoyable to watch uh, I, I really really enjoyed it and you know the, the the icing on the cake was that thunder rosa retained and i'm gonna um i, I hope i hope they can somehow improve the um, the sparkle uh, in, in the um, in the build-up, in the sort of promos that they can have to some of these matches. They've, they've, mm. do, Thunder Roses and Serena Deeb's um, lead-up work to this one was not great, but, geez, the in-ring performance was spectacular. I just loved it, loved it, loved it. Could have watched another hour of it. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. Um, yeah, love them both. And, and just want to see, I mean, Serena Deeb could be TBS champion. Anyway, uh, my favorite, because uh, we need to wrap up very soon, but uh, my favorite, which I think most regular listeners will be very surprised that it's not CM Punk versus Adam Page, although that was a very good match. It also uh, was not um, Darby Allen uh, versus Kyle O'Reilly, which was probably the match of the night, as you know, if I'm being really honest with myself, I, I loved loved that match. But the the match that I had the most fun watching, because <laughs> I'm an idiot, uh, is Anarchy in the Arena. I just I just love this man. I like I love the fact that Mox's song was playing for the first ten minutes of the match. I loved yep. how much uh, how much blading was going on here. <laughs> I loved. Uh, you know, I love that that Brian Danielson was literally beating the crap out of. Um, one of the 2.0 guys for the whole time that John Moxley's song was playing. This was so dumb. Moxley and Jericho throwing like camera booms into each other. I I actually got swerved by Moxley saying, we're not going to play into your, into your pro wrestling, uh, into your sports entertainment mm. bullshit. And then they went out and absolutely did their version of sports entertainment. Um, I just loved it. I love that Eddie got on board. I love that Mox got on board. You do forget that Mox has a pretty good sense of humor and was actually a pretty funny dude in WWE because his character is so aggressively insane in AEW the majority of the time. But, uh, you know, when Eddie reappeared covered in blood with petrol, like a can of petrol to set <laughs> Jericho on fire... Uh, and then all of that leading to what is inevitably going to be a Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston feud. Oh my God. Give me everything that you have when it comes to that feud, Tony. I want all of it and I will give you all of my money. Um, I, I just, 
I loved it. I like was thinking about it today, and I was like, "Well, the obvious choice is Punk versus Hangman," but that, that's not actually how I felt. I, I loved the match, and I loved that Punk won the belt. But the most enjoyment I had watching this pay per view, which is disgusting, I know, because there was actually really good technical matches on this card, <laughs> was this because the the reason that you know, one, besides the fact that I loved it, when Cal- we were watching it, Paul and I were watching this together at my place, and my girlfriend Kelly came in. And she sat down and watched this. I mean, she was watching bits and pieces, but this made her stop and sit down on the couch and watch for a bit. And I think, you know, she was really getting into it. And I think that's the power of dumb matches like this. Like it, it's a, such a spectacle that it can get people's attention and hold it, you know. Um, it was just fun. It was just fun to see these guys who are such good wrestlers just having dumb fun. Well, uh, yeah, shock factor. Um, over and 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 over again. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, and I've seen stuff like this many times before, but it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. Uh, every time you see this, it's it's just stunning, shocking. I'm blown away at how how they can manage to put on something that is actually well paced. Um, seemingly well organized, incredibly violent and brutal, but not actually cause serious injury. Hmm. How the fuck did they do? <laughs> well, I mean, serious injury would have happened to Jericho if Brian Danielson didn't stop Eddie from setting him on fire and getting justice <laughs> like he should have. Um, yeah, it's just so it's just so much fun, man. You know, like I will, I will watch that match again at some point. I'll probably watch this pay per view again at some point. Like I really, I, I, it's a bit of a grower. I don't know if it's one of those pay per views where I instantaneously was like, "That was amazing." But the more I've thought about it today, I was like, "God, that match was great, and that was fun, and this was awesome, and that result was great." Mm. Um, because yeah, you get so much all at once in in such a big broadcast like that, it's almost hard to appreciate it all. It really is. I mean, that sounds. I mean. Doesn't sound ridiculous, but to an outsider, I'm sure that would be like, "What? What are you talking about?" But it is. It's just, it's like watching 14 mini movies, and you're trying to, and they're all kind of interconnected, but they're not really. Um, yeah, Tony Khan, the Robert Altman of wrestling. Um, it's a little cinephile joke there for you guys. <laughs> um, we should wrap it up. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you for joining me as always, Paul. Um, I'm saying that like you're a guest. But you're a host, so um, thank you to the MA Sports Network for for hosting us and taking us on board. We're absolutely chuffed to be on board and can't wait to do more stuff with you guys moving forward. Um, and thank you, listeners. If you want to help and support us, uh, you can um, uh, well, you can go to our uh, Twitter bios and follow us there. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow WrestleWolf on Twitter. We're at WrestleWolf Podcast. Um, or you can uh, hit subscribe or follow in your podcast player now and get all of our podcasts when they drop. Uh, but until next time, friends, have a good night. We don't talk about Cody.